probably have heard just making sure everybody knows we're going to be shifting schedules on the live shows so it's now two shows a day not three and it is um, going to be 7 a.m pacific and 7 p.m for the evening show for bards fm so seven and seven or if you're on the east coast 10 and 10 and a lot of that was uh that determination was made on a lot of issues Uh, there's been obviously over the last few, um, it's been actually 14 weeks since Bards Fest in Fle- Flemingsburg. And so there has been a, 
there's been probably more upheaval in the schedules in the last couple of months than we've had in, in the last three years. And a lot of that came from an enormous amount of travel, training that I was going through, participation in conferences, rallies. And then, of course, let us not forget the wonderful period of like two weeks when I couldn't even get online. Um, and, in a, and that caused <laughs> it was enough chaos to cause me to replace all my computers and start over, literally. So that's been an interesting journey. But we're consistent now. And this is, a, this is about making room for a lot of things. Three shows a day has been a has been an amazing pattern that we've maintained since October 2021, and so we're coming in on two solid years of that show pattern. Before that, we had from August 20 or November 2020 until about uh, August 2021, we were running. I was running five to six shows a day. This is kind of a transition period as we start to look at the year ahead and what is really going to be required for all of us, not just me. The reality is we're heading into a really tumultuous year, and it's going to demand that we stay really focused and deep in the Word. I need to be focused on shows that are going to be richer in content, and especially this morning show will begin to be deeper in the Word than we've been before. And that's, I don't know exactly how that's going to transition yet, but it's its slowly starting. It doesn't mean exclusion of world events ever, because it's kind of my flow, but definitely going to be looking more into the aspects of spiritual warfare. Definitely going to be bringing in more aspects of deliverance, more aspects of inner healing, and to really try to amp up the um, deeper understanding of what we're bringing into this fight. The time that we're in right now is kind of like watching the end of an era, not from us in Bar's nation, but of a nation. And our nation is definitely coming into the spiral of a death, a death spiral that's going to be felt increasingly in the coming months and years. And 2024 is going to be a massive year because it's an election year and because they need to lie to us more and, and cause more division than we've ever seen before. And the reason for that is that people have started to wake up and awoke a, a group of a mass of people in a nation that wakes up to realize who the criminals are, who the criminal class is, becomes dangerous. And so we have become dangerous, which I guess we should all feel good about. And so there's going to be a lot of need for some deeper content shows. This morning's show, and I don't, we will become a show, and it might, we'll see how long it goes today. But increasingly, the, the morning show, which will be an hour long, and um, not just the half hour that it was before. And the evening show will be an hour and occasionally into an hour and a half, depending on what types of topics we need to cover. But that gives me an ability to go a little deeper when I've wanted to in the past, but I've been very cautious of time because of the three-show framework. It also is giving me some space, which I will start at the end of January start doing a deeper dive show once a week, which will probably be a Saturday show, would be my guess. It might be, it might be released on Sunday, we'll see. But that show will be, it'll be a podcast, but it will include video content. And so there'll be a podcast, there'll be a video content component, and um, that will also have a written component that will go with it as well, like a blog. 
but more of an article type. So I say all that because there's going to be, those are important issues. That gives me a lot, an ability to dig in deeply into a topic, whether it's something on the farm and training, whether we talk about home churches, homeschooling, uh, whatever we're going to talk about. I mean, these sort of topics become important and relevant, and it's important that we start to have that room to do that, plus the ability to do what I call pop-ups. So on the occasion, um, then I just want to do a show just because there's something on the fly. It's not going to overwhelm things. So I know that's a long talk and introduction about the direction of the show, but I think it's important, and I, and I owe you all a discussion of why on the shift of perspective, especially in the live community, because we definitely have two communities on the on the um, podcast. We have the community that picks up the podcast and what is truly content on demand. They, they listen to the podcast and they don't catch the lives. The live community is, a, is equally there, but it's a different type of community that comes together and time delivery is critical. And so that community is very sensitive to time changes which I've had you know, some comments of lately um, because of some of the changes that have happened in delivery for varieties, varieties of reasons over the last few weeks, which we touched on. So that's kind of the new shape of things going forward. I think it's going to be very healthy, and it gives us um, an ability to not be spread so thin. Three shows a day after I've done six, you know that, done five. <laughs> I watered it down to four. And I used to do seven days a week on all of those. Uh, it was a big step when I dropped Saturday shows and just gave myself a day off with the Lord, which I needed. And then we're now back to going to two solid a day, which will be six days a week. That's still 12 shows a week, and which is content time. That's about 24 hours of content each week, so pretty substantial. Before we get going today, one of the biggest concerns we have right now is and definitely the security of our families and the security of our communities. And that's not going to get any better. We are starting to see already the collapse of infrastructure at a rapid rate. And that infrastructure collapse is going to be reflective in security as well for your home. That comes down to some fundamental fact. You need to keep your skills up, and that means your Second Amendment skills, and you need to keep them up and keep them sharp. Unfortunately, in this time when you have time to go to range, the cost of that, the cost of ammo, the using up of ammo, which is becoming increasingly a, a thing we have to be aware of, you need to have an ability to train regularly in the convenience of your home. That's where iTarget Pro comes in in an amazing way, iTarget Pro. So it's a, it uses a laser bullet. It allows you to practice in the comfort of your home. It uses a receiver that's also tied to an app on your phone. So it records where your actual shots are so you can actually get an accurate scoring and see your pattern as of shoot, shooting. The, um, the laser bullet also um, it works in a way using dry fire techniques so you can improve your sight alignment, your trigger control, all those good things that are necessary for good shooting. And that is actually the dry fire techniques are techniques that I was trained on as well. They're daily and they're they're they improve your shooting skills immensely. So anyway, um, head on over to itargetpro.com, itargetpro.com. Check out the site. It's fantastic. You use your BARDS code, B-A-R-D-S. You'll get 10% off and free shipping. They're a great product. 
something everybody wants in their home, and you'll be very pleased you did. So again, itargetpro.com, promo code BARDS, 10% off and free shipping. Right off the top, if you remember when Truth Social um, started, it was set up on what's called a SPAC. Um, a SPAC is a special purpose acquisition company. And the SPAC is a was a vehicle by which they could assemble, avoid FTC, um, and that's not the right, F, the F trade, FTA, whatever it is. It's the Federal Trading Group, which I'm saying it's, it's not FTC. Give me a second. And so they were able to avoid federal oversight with SPACs. This is one of their little loopholes that Wall Street continues to come up with. And they were able to acquire different companies under a, another shell. So they raised a lot of money in that. I think Trump raised about 7 or $10 billion in that SPAC. Um, a lot of rumors of the fact that he needed to raise that money to cover debt and costs from all of his legal fees, which may be very, very true. And, of course, if you remember as well, one of the partners that was involved in setting up the SPAC under Two Social had been active in business dealings in Wuhan, China. These are important facts never to forget because these people are all connected. This is one of the reasons I just don't play the, the Trump card or any more than I play anybody else's card anymore because the deeper you get into the billionaire class, the more you realize how connected they all are. There is a war going on in our world right now for who's going to control the population of the world. And that war is being fought out by elites. And those elites run cartels, they run banks, they run empires in, in land acquisition. These are the people that we're dealing with. And so the concept that, that we are going to have a benevolent leader up here, which is truly what people keep thinking is going to happen with the Trump era, is a big misnomer because at the end of the day, what is coming out of these leaderships is what's going to benefit them and how they view the people to make the people more loyal to them. The Biden profile, and I'll come back to the SPACs in a minute. The Biden profile is that these are people that are looking for a government to become its mother and its father. The government becomes the caretaker of all things. And that's what Biden woke represents is a mass of people that are believe that the United States is, is a horrible country they believe that what they see as capitalism is the real thing, which it isn't. It's crony capitalism that we're dealing with. They believe in the idea that the state can provide a social system of, of welfare that will take care of them and all people. And so with this, um, they look for a socialized system where they can receive a universal basic income. They can receive a very powerful um, uh, they, they, they can receive a, everything they need to live free of the system itself. And these are important concepts because um, they've essentially it's been a long time in brainwashing to get there. So I'm going to play a piece here. I want you to hear. It's a really good assessment of things. So here we go. We know it. Once you understand the final destination, it becomes much easier to look back and identify the psychological conditioning the biological tampering, the cultural grooming and the educational prepping that we have been subjected to for decades in preparation to making us accept a post-human future. It takes a lot of physical and psychological abuse to get an intelligent species like ours to agree to its own extinction. Most, if not all, 
that has transcended in the last 60 years was designed to get us closer to accepting such a dystopian reality. Whether you care to accept it or not, we live in a hyper-controlled matrix where our perception of reality is meticulously planned, managed, and executed in order to control and steer us in whichever direction they wish. And the direction is a post-human world. For this, they first needed to destabilize, dehumanize, and demoralize humanity through every means possible. The destruction of the nuclear family, children being indoctrinated by the state, abortion, the eradication of God and spirituality from education, life in mega cities and away from nature, toxic food, air and water, social media, replacing real human connection and interaction, engineered financial crisis and taxation, endless wars and massive migration, stress, anxiety, depression, drugs and alcohol, constant fear-mongering, moral relativism as the new religion. And I could go on and on about how humanity has been influenced and forced to move away from all the things that give us strength, security, purpose, and meaning. A weak, immoral, disconnected, ignorant, and unhealthy population is an easy target for the next stage, the creation of an entire generation of androgynous beings. Masculinity is under attack psychologically, culturally, and biologically. Women are being replaced in sports, entertainment, and politics by men pretending to be women. And children are being indoctrinated at school to think that gender is a choice. The transgender movement is not a grassroots movement. It comes from the top. It has nothing to do with people's freedom of expression, sexuality, or civil rights. It's an evil psyop to, with a clear agenda to get us closer to transhumanism by making us question the most fundamental notion of human identity, our gender. If you already identify as a hybrid between a man and a woman, you will be easily convinced to become a hybrid between human and machine. Gender ideology is the two plus two equals five from George Orwell's 1984 dystopian novel. It's the final test to see whether we will follow the most absurd party line towards our own extinction. But two plus two equals four. And no matter how you choose to dress, call yourself, or change your physique, will not change that. The sad reality, though, is that in the gaslighting process to get us closer to a post-human future, they have mentally and physically harmed an increasing number of children and young people. And it's only getting worse. This must be stopped. And there you... If everything was true, all I got to do is repent sincerely from... Excuse me about that. That was T.D. Jakes. He's in he's a piece of work. So you can start to see the bigger picture of the arc that we've been living under. And I think it's just important that we really keep that framing in everything. It's very easy to get wrapped up into the politics of hate and the politics of frustration, or all at least the motivations of what politics does. 
And that creates a enormous problem um, when we are trying to sort through what is really happening. This arc has always been about human extinction. And that is the darkest trick that the devil has ever played, which is to convince humanity that they're unworthy. This is one of the reasons, and I, I push back so hard on the churches that use that phrase. And they do. The pulpit does use this. And it's a degrading, demeaning, and worthless phrase to tell you that you are unworthy. In fact, it, it's one of those things that I really, it, it riles me that pastors are so have become so broken that they can't see within the word the glory of who we are and what God sees in us. Transhumanist agenda is all about degrading human beings. It is all about telling you you are unworthy. It's about convincing you you are unworthy. And it's about convincing the youth that they're unworthy, unworthy to be the race that they were, unworthy to be the people on earth because we're seen as parasites, unworthy even to be the gender that you are. And all of that is a gearing up towards moving people towards this transhumanist agenda. So um, this is a important concept to understand the massive and very well-orchestrated deprogramming and demeaning attack, the destruction of human beings in every aspect of society, done through information and influence, economic wars, and the valuation to get us to where we value ourselves so poorly that we literally see ourselves as needing to be terminated and populations needing to be curtailed. That is the current generation that sees that living in cities is a worthy sacrifice to save the planet. And living in high-density communities, dealing with having to eat bugs, giving away the things that we might want, convincing themselves that this Better sustainable life is the only way that this earth can support us. And what's phenomenal about all of this is all of the disasters of the world weren't created by human beings. They were created by a very specific class of people, not human beings as a whole. This was the industrialists. These are the people that were out investing in big industries to create big mining operations or uh, develop the recycling programs that puts plastic into the ocean. I mean, these are just constantly there. Everything they're doing is to feed the, the populace, the bread and circuses of the, of the event, so that people buy into the idea that somehow we are going to be saving the planet in everything we do. It's like convincing somebody to build an app on a phone and telling them that that's going to save the planet. The app doesn't do anything. The phone is, is a device that itself is more toxic than anything we can possibly imagine. It's completely anti-environmental, and yet we see this appliance as a dependent need to save the planet. It's one of the greatest oxymorons ever. And this is the world in which we live in because everything is upside down. This is literally as was said in that speech. And by that way, that speech was by Laura Aboli. And um, I will put it up into the forums. I'll have Nikki put it up for us and it'll be up there today. You can hear it. It's from Facebook, actually. And it was a link sent to me this morning. So these, this is the sort of um, world in which we live. And it's it's a a very it's a very dark walk that we have to look at in humanity and how far humanity has fallen. All of these things are coming out of, and I said I'd go back to it, an economic situation that I think is really well defined by what we call and what I mentioned was called the SPAC, which is the SPAC is a special purpose acquisition company. The whole purpose of the SPAC was to be able to 
bypass every federal rule to create massive equity for the holders and to leverage buyouts simply for the benefit of a few and then pill, pill for those and keep moving. So in the headlines today, there's 21 SPAC companies that went bankrupt that literally wiped out $46 billion in equity. That is a normal process in the world that we look today. And the echoes and the ripples effect of wiping out $46 billion in equity is enough to start hitting people's pocketbooks, people's lifestyles, wiping out full bits of wealth. But it's a normal way we work now. We accept these sorts of risks as if this wealth that comes in is, is a risk. Everything about what we do is a risk because we are parasitic and we don't deserve things and only a lucky few can get that wealth. And if you're lucky few, you can break out of the class that you're in and you can be set free into this other billionaire class. When the whole game is rigged and the people that orchestrated and designed the SPAC designed it for a specific purpose to literally rake wealth out of you and to use you and I as subjects to make more wealth with no concern for consequence. Kingdom does not work like this. And that's the whole point of this, is that kingdom works in a completely different way. We are sowing into somebody's lives to lift them up. And we, we are sharing and we're living differently. We get rid of the me and we start living with the principle of God and how God works through us. And it's a very difficult transition, especially when we get to property. Because what people want is to own their own property for themselves. So we want to own pieces and we want to make it private and we want to wall ourselves off and we want to build a bunker. This is the elites are doing this right now as they have started to release new films on global disaster. On the same time they're doing that, at least 15 of the top billionaires in the world are building new deep bunkers. So something is coming. I mean, there's no question that they're preparing for an end of times event that they're expecting to be able to weather and they're not saying anything because they want the rest of the people to be wiped out. They want the world to be theirs. And what the world represents for them is a, is polluted by God's children. And what they're trying to do is on one level to convince humanity to willfully destroy itself in the various forms that they can. And they're, re, they're building up this new replacement controllable class, which they call transhumanists. Now, I've told you, I worked with some of the scientists in the past on the transhumanist program. They are freaky people. And they have long passed the idea of if this is going to happen, they've moved into the world of how do they convince humanity to make it happen. The technology is here. And so this is a very important time to understand that we are being designed and engineered to kill ourselves. And I want you to let that settle in for a minute. We are being trained, conditioned, engineered to kill ourselves and to kill off the entire concept of what it is to be human. And they're being very successful about it. Proof of, the, proof of that is very simple. When you have a parent that willfully takes a child to a transgender clinic and has surgery done for, for gender reassignment, has a young boy neutered and has his testicles cut off and then having giving him a fake vagina and having a young girl being stitched up and given a fake P 
penis and having her breasts cut off. This is about a permanent destruction of everything that is human and the future of humanity right there. Because what they've done is they've prevented ever again from those two young people from being able to reproduce, which is God's greatest gift. For our ability to co-create with him in creation, they have decided to go about everything to destroy the ability to, to sow the future seed. And this is the world that has become normalized. Even though we push against it, it's become normalized. This generation sees that the idea of gender choice is normal. They see that generational choice as one that people, that gender is something you choose or can choose because you can be born imperfect. Listen to that statement. God is imperfect is what that says. And that's all because of the things that were just expressed is because God is now out of the schools. It's out of our homes. It's out of, it's even out of the churches, to be honest with you. Because when churches start to embrace an LGBTQ agenda, what they're embracing is a is a transhumanist agenda in the churches, which means that everything that we should be representing in 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 Scripture has been now washed away. And, I, and that is, if you're a church or you know of someone going to a church or you have churches in your community that fly that rainbow flag, they have spit on in God's face. There is no, nothing inclusive about that. This is all about walking away from God itself and telling God that, yes, I understand God that you have people, but these other people that were born imperfect, these other people that are finding their way these are the people that are being converted in surgeries. We embrace them because they're, this is now what we want them to understand is we're inclusive in them and we believe in their, we want to support their values and we want to walk with them. That is not a way of victory. And unless we start to draw a red line to tell people this is not the way, you're going to leave a lot of people on the side and a lot of people going to, going to hell at the end of the day. There's no question that we have a very loving and inclusive God. But there is a line in which we cannot cross. And that's a line when we start to reject that which is fundamentally true. And the fundamental truth is there's two genders. We know this. And yet this is everything that they're about. And so what do we end up with again? Churches become a SPAC, a special acquisition company. What? What are they doing? All they're trying to do is build congregations at any cost. And they're willing to leverage the, the capital that God gave them which is the capital of faith and the Bible, to grow a congregation at any cost. That's not scriptural. And so all you're seeing is the mentality of a SPAC, special acquisition company, filter into the church, and churches just become another extension of Wall Street. It's all the same. It's always about money. Now, I, I'm going to just give you a personal testimony because I was praying on this this morning. I, was, I always test myself on where I'm at. And my test was this. In making some shifts on the show and asking myself truly, like, where are we going and what's important in this shift? And I was some, there were some comments made last night in chat about the shift and about some comments about how, you know, this is, we need to get back to some consistency with, which is not a real way of looking at things because we've been, shows have been very consistent. Timing is, a, like I said earlier, a little disruption in the last few weeks for a variety of reasons. But as I looked at this and I asked myself, okay, is this of me or is this of God? And if it's of me, then what I'm, I would 
need to be looking at this from an investment point of view. What's going to make this show more profitable and make this show have a bigger audience? That's never been my motive. And that's why I test myself regularly to make sure that I'm in the right place. What I'm looking at always is what does God want me to do? And what God wants me to do is to go deeper into shows, to provide more substantive content, to spend a little more time with him, which is understandable because three shows a day and everything else going on, it's difficult to find time to really dig into the Lord and into the word. And then to be able to bring forth richer content. If, if we're not willing to step aside from the profit motive of what we do and simply do something for the God, then we're not living with him. And if everything that we do in a church or in a business or in our lives is centered around a profit motive for us, then we're not living with God. There has to be a, an ability for us to start stepping into these places where we literally lay it all down and saying, God, we trust you. We trust you. We trust you. But we're not doing that enough as a culture because the values of what has been laid out to us, the values are always about self-gain. So let me give you a headline that fits into this. This is a headline this morning. Democrat mayors of New York, Chicago, Denver, plead for help as migrant storms worsen. Quote, we have reached a breaking point. These policies that were set up for, for sanctuary cities were policies that they set up thinking that they could be, they could gain votes, gain power, gain leverage of votes over other people. And unfortunately, what has now happened, well, for our nation, but for them, they're now realizing the consequences and people are pushing back. There's no accountability in the way they were thinking. And yet everything about them was a profit motive of some sort of gain, profit in gaining power, profit in gaining leverage, profit in gaining votes, profit in gaining in money, and probably all the above. When that bell tolls and suddenly that benefit of what you've gained from your profits is is exceeded by the consequence of what you have to face, people now start to change and they start to look back and they're going to blame it on scream for help from their overlords. Their overlord in this case is going to be the state, which is an, an extension hand of Satan itself. And God is not part of that equation. There was never any righteous decision made. There isn't any, any benefit of people coming into this country, coming in for the right reasons. This is just about flooding in votes. So we are dealing in a society that is so deeply rooted in the me, the, the self, the self-gain, that it's, it's going to be a very difficult walk for all of us. Because even if we're awake of, to this, we also have to be constantly vigilant in our own lives, not to let those idols and those influences take over. And that is a different walk altogether with God because that's us laying it down before him and saying, God, I trust you. Now let's go. But that's what has to happen. We are heading into an era, and I don't know what this era is going to look like, other than the fact that every indicator on the map is pointing to something massive that's coming, whether it's engineered by the hand of man or whether it is an environmental issue that is out of our control. They want us to believe that there is doom and gloom coming on the near horizon. And this is a very important understanding of why. There's two fundamental reasons. When there is loss of life in an event, let's just say that this event is going to be a polar shift, which I'm some, I always go back to that one. It seems to be 
one of the most plausible events, a pole shift. If humanity as a collective whole believes that the pole shift is a consequence, not of a pole shift, they don't even have to know the truth. They just think that these are environmental disasters caused by their own hand. Here's a couple of things that will be guaranteed outcomes in an event like that. Humanity will willfully accept the destruction of itself as a consequence of improper living. The elites who are burying themselves deep into bunkers will rise up as a new ruling class and offer a new way forward that will take that guilt and convert that to control. They will say to humanity what's left, this was a result of you living bad. We are here now to help you with the resources that we have, and we are going to build these high-density cities, which are nothing more than prison camps, and you're going to have to be regulated now. We can't have but a certain amount of births. We have to get rid of crime. We have to do this. We have to do that. All of these things will happen, and we will enter into a new golden age of human existence, which is actually a transhumanist existence, and we will leave the biological flawed humans behind. That's a guaranteed path when we go that way. And one of the reasons you have to demoralize humanity so much that knowing in a crisis it's coming, which it is something coming, let's be clear. They have to be willing to accept the death toll that will come as a consequence of, of humanity's failure, which it translates to God's failure, which translates to you walk away from God, we will show you a better way. There's only one core of people that would actually promote something like that. And that's the fallen, which at the core of that is Satan himself, who is trying to hurt God so much to prove to God that his children are so naive and so foolish that they will not turn back to him, but will rather turn to them. And the entire principle of this takes you back to the book of Enoch, which is the fight that ensued of literally Satan and his little army of angels aligning to say that we need to tell humanity how to worship and who to worship. And God's saying, no, humanity needs to be given free will and to choose me by their free will, which is when they will receive their inheritance. Now think about those two pathways and where we are. Because we're at a dramatic event right now in our in the history of, our, of humanity. And this is not just another election coming up in 2024. This is not just another series of, of events that they're staging. This is an end point that we're coming to that's going to shift the direction of humanity for a millennium. Now, there's this other path, and this other path is one of optimistic hope. More so than that, it's the idea that through prayer, God will work with us to get us through the most difficult times. That is optimism in its core. It is hope built on faith. It is strength built in a root of something greater than the elite's. It is us turning to him and submitting to him and saying, we trust your will, Father. That pathway, if you notice, everything that they're doing is the one pathway they want completely destroyed. They want all hope taken away. They, want, they don't want any alignment with God. They want to separate all of us from our faith. They want to destroy children who are the closest to God. They want to take the family and destroy it and tear it apart. And they want everything to be subjected and left with everybody turning to the state the elites as their rulers rather than God. This is the true spirit of death on one side and spirit of life on the other. So why are they so afraid of what people might believe in a pathway of leaning into God and having prayer and faith? And the core, and this is my true belief, is that that future that they're painting for us is one that we can affect. 
as we can heal people through prayers, as we can see miracle healings, we can miracle the heal into a future. I truly believe this and a direction in which we go. And I believe that our prayers towards God leading towards him leads us to a better outcome. No matter what it does anyway, but I'm saying the majority of us leaning that way and it doesn't have to take the whole globe but it definitely needs to take a remnant that's fighting like crazy to keep us on path with God. And as we lean into that more and more and giving ourselves more and more to him, we are submitting to his will, which is empowering the extension of the body of Christ, building it up, and it becomes a mighty, mighty force in this world that will overcome this darkness. But they don't want us hearing that. This is why the corrupted church that doesn't even know it's a hand puppet of the deep state doesn't want to do healing in its ranks. It's why the corrupted church doesn't want to do deliverance. And while there are instances of there are churches, more and more churches doing some of this, the fact of the matter is the full dedication to that sort of commitment in, in the living body of Christ is very minimal in the comparison to the message that's being spread across the country. The powers of miracle healing, the powers of deliverance, the powers of raising the dead, that short list for Jesus, those powers of spreading the gospel of Jesus Christ, when you understand that, we're talking about tools in this warfare that truly stop this agenda of what they're trying to do, which is to convince humanity to self-suicide. And the self-suicide is taking many forms in what they're doing. And so it's up to us to continue to speak that word boldly. And to come forward with it and stand boldly in the gap and lead people forward in such a way that we see something greater and that we believe in something greater to lead us to a place of success. The, I want you just to kind of get to the insanity of what we are currently at right now. Take a listen to this. I want to be very clear. Our borders are not open. I want to be very, very clear. Our borders are not open. Yeah, that was uh, Mayorkas. So when you're going to, when you know something's wrong, just tell it's a lie. We have a, we have a completely open border right now. There's no stopping anything. And it's flooding in people in mass right now, overtaxing systems. Our entire infrastructure is being overtaxed. Burdens that are being placed economically. Our military right now is in debates right now about um, discussions right now of how to take what they consider hate crimes and th things that are said online and, and tie that into domestic terrorism. You need to appreciate all this and why this is going on because what you're seeing is the coalitions of agencies to create a new future government that will be completely totalitarian in form and that will seize people as the subject of a set rigid set of rules, which because they see something coming, there's gonna be an opportunity for them to lean into this and to start using the leverage of the military and the police in a martial law setting to set a new, new way of operating here. And all the rules are being put in place so that they can then force roll out this transhumanist agenda and move us past the human era. This is their plan. And it's a plan that was starting long back. But by the time we get to 2014, if you had been inside the circles of Department of Defense, you would have understood that their plan was of technologically was already created. The only discussions left were how did they convince humanity to accept the new transhumanist future? You're living it. You're living it through COVID. You're living it through these policies. You're living it through the destruction of First Amendment rights, which unfortunately, those of the conservative right in this country have never valued well. The left values it highly but not the conservative right. 
Conservative right is more interested in polishing ammo and collecting more guns than they are worried about their right to have free speech. And the left has never looked at guns until in the last couple of years when they see that their greatest weapon has always been the freedom of speech. The warfare that we're in is an information war. And the information war is to convince this country and its people that there is no hope in the future. That in this no hope model, we must submit to the state. The state is the only way forward. And this is everything they're working on. And this is the, the two factions now that have arrived. And the faction that's going to seek the state and seek to align with the state is the same faction that will align with a one world religion. It's the same state that wants to have a universal basic income. It's the same state that wants to give up its rights for the benefit of itself because it's a self-centered model. The other side that is there and it's, I don't know, we can't give exact numbers, but our other competing side is the side of life. This is a side of life where we want freedom of speech. We want to have freedom of operation and everything we do. In everything that we do, we want to be able to look at the world in such a way that we trust in God and a moral law framework, which is basically 10 commandments, to live our lives respectfully and grow and prosper and to overcome evil. Our lives are not structured like the other side. Every, on the other side, every single detail of your life is detailed, is structured. It's like looking at a checklist every day. And it's rules upon rules upon rules upon rules that you will never be able to master. They know it. But it's a constant set of fear to keep you in alignment. And it's scarcity. And notice how important this is because the model of this other side is about scarcity. And this is why this gets really interesting to me because when you start looking at what these fake religions are speaking, especially the New Age stuff, there's a truth within what they speak. And this is why never to ignore them completely. What the New Agers miss is a relationship with Christ. What so many of the, these emerging religions miss is the relationship with Christ and what that means. But when you listen to New Agers talk, because it's important, they see us entering into an interesting era and a division within the world. They speak of it in many different ways. One is they call the 3D world, which this world that we're in, this world of scarcity, rigidity, of rules, putting everybody in concentration camps, the fear-mongering, that's the 3D world because it's... It's us being ruled by an elite that uses power and scarcity as a model. And then you have the rise of the 4D, 5D world, which is a world of unlimited possibilities, hope, and prosperity. But what misses in their model is they never talk about the relationship in Christ. But when you put the relationship of Christ and Satan in the model, all of this makes sense. There's a consequence to one direction you're going. And that consequence, if you're going to follow that belief of me, will lead to the destruction of walk in hell. If you're not willing to lay everything down right now for God, and I mean everything, if God calls upon your heart and says, I need you to sell your house and walk into the world, if you're not willing to do that at this moment in time, you're not in alignment with him. And I'm not telling you to go do that. I'm telling you having the willingness to do it. And if it is called, not even to hesitate. This is the walk we have to be with God. Because there's a calling being put out on those that will hear that true remnant that he is calling forward to now step into this gap in the most important era that we live in right now, to literally live in alignment with him fully and completely in all things that we do. And that's a constant series of fires and refinements that take us to a place of burning off the dross and allowing him to reshape the purified silver. But if we're going to get roped into the worries about what we're going to do with our stocks today and what we're going to do about our money flow and cash flow. And that becomes the center point of everything we do. That is the greatest evil we've ever had. And so it is, 
essential that we start to look at what kingdom life looks like. And that is a different way of living. One takes, that's the, that's the spirit of death. The kingdom world gives. And by factor of giving, we gain. And it's, it's a complete inverse model that we don't understand. But giving doesn't mean giving with expectations. We can't just simply sit up here and say, I'm going to give, but I'm expecting God to pay me back seven times. That's the trick of what we would probably call prosperity gospel models, where there's a way to tap into some of this and then benefit for yourself while you gain all sorts of stuff, apparently through your relationship with God. It's a distorted religion. And the key word there is religion. We're talking faith and walk in Jesus, the true love and within him. And that is truly opening ourselves up to that walk with God as he calls us, but being of a giving heart at all times, but also understanding that part of that process is not to see that the world is simply solved by loves and hugs. It's a powerful connector, but there is such a thing as pure evil, and it has to be dealt with. And that is the ferocity and the, the warrior spirit that has to come out within our faith. The roadmap ahead is going to be complicated if... You're not walking in the faith of Jesus. If you're walking in the faith of Jesus and we're leaning on Holy Spirit and we're leaning into our Father and all things that we do, everything, I don't care if you're going to get up and go make a cup of coffee in the house, it is a conversation that's happening all the time. And when we put that much emphasis on our lives, then we start to understand the power He has in our lives. I had a conversation yesterday with Michelle and the resistance chicks. And she made a comment um, about the idea of the J6ers. And I've not been called to vote for to talk about the January 6th model. They have been, Michelle and Leah. But it was an interesting conversation because of, of when I started using the me and the I in that conversation. And I found myself saying, I'm not doing this and I'm not doing that. And I stopped. Because if I'm saying that in, a, in these sorts of things, then I'm missing the, the step, where, where is God? And it's a simple little example of how it affects us in all things. Where is God in everything that we do? And when everything that we do starts to put our process, I have prayed on this, I have walked in this, I am listening to God, God is guiding me. We do a great job of trying to do that for Sunday church. But if you're gonna be an athlete, and, and a warrior in this time, and you want to get yourself ready for the war, going training one day a week will never get you there. This is a daily event. And so we come full circle for today's show. Two shows a day, six days a week, 7 a.m. Pacific, 7 p.m. Eastern. I'm sorry, 7 p.m. Pacific and 7 a.m. Pacific. 7 a.m., 7 p.m., 7, 7, 10, 10. It's to give the framework to keep us in training, to go deeper, to get better, to be more, more ferocious as the warriors in the body of Christ, to understand what it is to win with love, to truly be victorious with love, but also to understand the ferocity and intensity of love and how it can overcome all things. This is a remnant we're building. All of you are part of it. And that remnant now has a major mission ahead of us, and that mission is intense. It's phenomenal. It's, a, it's literally a pathway for us to save humanity from itself. We are freeing those from the matrix, freeing those from the control of darkness, and setting them free. And that begins with setting ourselves free. We hone, we refine, we go through the fires of refinement, we allow God to reshape us 
and reform us in this, as a silversmith that he is. And we step into this fight more perfected, more refined, and ready to destroy an enemy that truly is trying to destroy all of humanity in one go. And it's the burden of that to save humanity falls on a remnant. And that remnant is a walk that all of us have if you're willing to accept it. Let's pray. Father, we come to you this morning just very humbled in reflection of all things, all things that we are, all things that we can be, and the pursuit of that perfection within the body of Christ. Father, there's so much before us that we have to reflect on in a world that has literally inverted everything that we are and stand for, a world that has turned on its head the idea of giving to an idea of taking as a standard, a world that has said that rather than we are we are the children of the Most High, a world that uses the whole framing of that we are unworthy, a world that tries to convince humanity that it is so unworthy that it needs to self-terminate, kill itself, remove itself from the scourge of the planet rather than celebrating the beauty and perfection of how you made us. A world that is now trying to be, is increasingly convinced that we are born imperfect and therefore can choose the way we want to be rather than embracing the perfection in which you bring us into this world and how we can use that to become greater in you and greater in he. So Father, we begin with a simple prayer of repentance and forgiveness, seeking forgiveness in our heart as we have placed ourselves here in such a time as a remnant to stand in the gap and to pray for this nation, to intercede on behalf of this nation, to pray in this nation and say, we repent for this nation. And as the intercessories of the moment and the hour, this is the true voice and the power that we need to lean into to raise this nation up. For we are, we are not perfect. We do have a greater connection and view of where we are going than others. And in doing so, we pray for them to draw them in and we carry the burdens that they, they should be carrying, but that we will help them find their way through to bring them to the body of Christ. So essentially, Father, forgive them for what they have done. As we ourselves strive to be greater in this hour, as we are strive to strive to be greater in you, perfecting us, burning away the dross, allowing us to be refined, going through those difficult places, we seek to do this in the love of you, in the truth of our heart, and with no personal gain. That is our biggest challenge, Father, as we go forward. The understanding that truly the me must be burned out. The concept of the I, the, the me, the I, the, the consumption for personal gain. These are the false idols of our time. And may you guide us in a way to not only refine those out of ourselves, but be able to identify in others and lead them to freedom. As is said, help us, Father, set ourselves free, keep ourselves free, and help others to become free. And in so doing, to lift up the body of Christ in a critical hour, in a magnificent way, that the world sees truly the power of love and the might of the sword of the Spirit, driven by love, to overcome the darkness, to raise up those that are there, and to bring them home. Guide us and protect us, and we say these things in Christ Jesus' name. Amen. A lot of good things that we can do through prayer and always should. Prayer is our greatest weapon. Never stop using it. Well, Patriots, this is a great show. We're going to I'll see you tonight. We're going to have a really interesting show tonight with our Charlita Bassett. She's running for Congress in California, and her whole principle is bringing the concept of running on faith into politics, truly running on faith. It's a great story, and it'll, it'll be a good show tonight. So until then, keep your head up and your eyes forward. Never bow to evil, never relent, always press into the fight. God is with us. He'll never forsake us. And in the end, God always wins. 
but we are here in this time and this place for just such a time as this. We are at war, so walk boldly and fearlessly with Christ. Occupy the land, expand the kingdom, subdue the enemy. Mission forward. Patriots, I will see you this evening for Bards FM at 7 p.m. Pacific, 10 p.m. Eastern. Until then, or until the next time, God bless, and out for now. We shall pay any price, bear any burden, meet any hardship, support any friend, oppose any foe to assure the survival and the success of liberty. Every thoughtful citizen who despairs of war and wishes to bring peace should begin by looking inward by examining his own attitude towards the possibilities of peace. Too many of us think it is impossible. Too many think it is unreal. But that is a dangerous, defeatist belief. It leads to the conclusion that war is inevitable, that mankind is doomed, that we are gripped by forces we cannot control. We need not accept that view. Our problems are man-made, therefore they can be solved by man, and man can be as big as he wants. No problem of human destiny is beyond human beings. Man's reason and spirit have often solved the seemingly unsolvable, and we believe they can do it again. Surely the opening vistas of space promise high costs, and hardships, as well as high reward. So it is not surprising that some would have us stay where we are a little longer, to rest, to wait. But this city of Houston, this state of Texas, this country of the United States was not built by those who waited and rested and wished to look behind them. This country was conquered by those who moved forward and so will space. We choose to go to the moon in this decade and do the other thing, not because they are easy, but because they are hard. Because that challenge is one that we're willing to accept. The energy, the faith, the devotion, which we bring to this endeavor, will light our country and all who serve it. And so, my fellow Americans, ask not what your country can do for you, ask what you can do for your country. thousands of years to show its face. It has only one intent, to destroy God's light and to enslave. It has no scruples, it has no rules but one, to win at any cost. But we will never bow. 
For we are the remnant that will hold the line. This is war. We fight. We push. We climb. We never give in. We become the nightmare that evil didn't know exist. We pray. We stand. We live by the words, in God we trust. We fear nothing. We are the light that can never be extinguished. We are patriots. We are the digital army that will help deliver God's wrath.